Manchester City Continental Cup winners 2022. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of MCW Fancast. I'm Emma, thanks for listening. We're back for the final stretch of 2022 as players return to their clubs respectively following the international break. City regroup and look ahead to Saturday and their trip to Walton Park Hall, home of Everton. This week, I'm delighted to welcome back Dave and Paul to the podcast as we recap on our last game against Reading and discuss all the latest news surrounding the club. Dave, Paul, thank you so much for joining me. Dave, how are you doing? Hi, Emma. Thanks for having us on again. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing well. Thank you. How's things, Paul? Yeah, good. We're on a good run. So, you know, things are looking up. Uh, lots of grounds for optimism. So, and, and, uh, and uh, you know, a, a winnable game at the weekend, I think. Yeah, obviously looking ahead to Everton. We'll start... Obviously, with the last match just before the international break away to Reading. Dave, you were there for that one. Uh, what did you make of the game? Yeah, I thought we played well. I thought it was um, Reading. Reading were a very stubborn side um, to break down, as they have been many times in the past. I'm sure if you've been to these Reading games over the years, you know, that's the sort of team, you know, it works for them and that's the way they are. They're, they're very good at it. I thought first half we needed to be a little bit more clinical, maybe up front first half, um, but we were the better side and pushed them back a lot. And then obviously we did get a little bit of a, a break with with the own goals. I mean, people said, "Oh, it's a bit jammy." It's not jammy because we were creating chance after chance after half time, um, you know. And, and I think you know if you're going to put those sort of dangerous balls into the box, there is always a chance that if not only your strikers can get on the end of them, but you know things like own goals can happen as well. There were such good balls into the box that you know it gave us a breakthrough and we controlled. And I honestly think we controlled the game from beginning to end. I don't think. There was any plan, and Reading had a little flurry, I think, at 2 0 down, which they were bound to do to have a go. But I don't think we were ever in any danger of not winning the game. I, thought, I, was, I was confident, even at half time at 0 0, that we were going to win that game. And, uh, and, and it proved, proved correct. And another goal for Bunny as well into the mix. I mean, just outstanding uh, goal scoring this season so far. Yeah, definitely. I, I think, like you said, it, the own goals, I mean, to, I think it was Emma Mitchell, wasn't it? I think to do it once. Mm-hmm. Is devastating, but to do it twice, oh, it's 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 not great really for Reading, and they've had a bit of a turbulent start this season so far. And um, but you you did almost feel Paul that the breakthrough, like Dave said, was going to come. It did pretty early on into that second half, and City dominated a lot of the ball as well. Well, I mean, you look at the numbers: 77 percent possession. Which is sort of the, the way City like to play; they like to have that sort of possession. And Dave's absolutely right. Reading are one of those teams that you know like to, like like when when teams come to the to the Etihad, they like to sit back and, and and try and hit you on the break. And I thought we controlled the game. And, you know, we had a, some half chances in the first half. I mean, another day, Bunny might have had a hat trick. You know, she wasn't quite at the race in the first half, but second half she showed a class. You know, we're we're well taken goal, ni- nicely set up by Mary Fowler, who, who who did very well when she came on. You know. But, you know, we're now on a roll. We've won four consecutive WSL games, 12 of the last 14 WSL games. You know, we're, we're coming back into form. And I was thinking about this the other day. I, I think this team in transition is, is further ahead than perhaps Gareth Taylor thought it was going to be. You know, if you look, if you were neutral and you didn't know much about City, you wouldn't have thought that was a team that's fairly new as, as a unit. Um, you know, so the fact that they could control over three quarters of the possession Force two errors from a decent defender um, and score a decent goal at the end. I think, you know, we think that was job well done. You know, it's a tricky away game uh, and they did a, uh, did a number on Reading. Dave, when you looked at the lineup, obviously, what did you think? Because there were quite a few changes on the day as well. 
I was happy actually to see that there was the, the as we spoke about in the last podcast, there was the opportunity to rotate. Uh, I have no issues with with the rotations he made. We we were talking about whether Hayley Rassel should start a game, for instance. Um, I think he has to at some point when he bought uh, Sandy in as, as as a goalkeeper in the summer. He was going to have to play her at some point because this is an international goalkeeper we're talking about here as well. As a, and to have two quality international goalkeepers both vying for that one place, it's a difficult balancing act. And I think she does have to get game time. We, we, could, we could see her, obviously, in the Conti Cup games. But obviously, as well, you know, WSL is technically a higher standard. Than, and you wanted to play at that higher standard. And I thought she did very well, by the way, for her first game. I thought she did not look out of place. There was no issues across the bat. And while we're talking about the bat, um, Esme Morgan was extemporary again. She was given the captaincy. She handled it so well. Um, I thought she was fantastic on the day. And she continues to grow and, and, and grow as a player in my mind. And she's going to be, you know, I think the, 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 the team could be built around this sort of player. You know, the, the, she could really develop and become a, a top, top star for me. Um, I think we've already known that she had the potential to do this. You know, we've seen her for a number of years and, you know, she went to Everton on, on, on loan for a year and, what, and that seemed to progress her forward again, playing in her first team uh, on a regular basis. She came back, she got in our team, she got called up by England. Horrific injury, missed a year. And you often wonder how that could affect the player. Well, it, all it's done with Lesney, I think, is make her more hungry to make up for that year that she's missed out on. And the performance at Reading, I thought, was, was, was one of her best so far. 100%. I think... Esme Morgan is one of those players that has just gone from strength to strength. And, and I think the word is matured. Um, she's just fantastic. And she's such a great character as well. And it's just reward as well, really, for her efforts and her dedication that she's given the club, Paul. Absolutely. I mean, you know, as Dave rightly says, you know, you never know when players come back from those sort of terrible injuries. I mean, Chloe Kelly's a case in point with, with the ACL, you know. You think either, you know they, they they were banging form, they get a bad injury, will it diminish them as players? And in both cases, they both come back stronger. You know, Esme is just a really smart, intelligent, funny person, and and has put that injury in perspective. And I think that's one of the things that's carried her into the England team. She's the sort of player you want in your squad. You know, she's a she's a character, she's a leader, and she's technically a very good player. And it was fantastic to see her get a full start. Um, in the last international, you know, and she she looked to the man of born. She looked like you know she'd been playing there in the, in a very good England side, you know, for years. So she's got huge potential, and it was fantastic to see Jess Park as well make her debut and and, and grab a a goal as well. Um, so you know, I, I I think you know, as Dave rightly says, you can't have people like Sandy McIver, you can't have people like um, uh, Demi Stoke on the bench all the time because they'll think, well, why am I here? So you do need to rotate. And it's worth noting, you know, it, it only it, it, it's, this week, a year ago, Jill Scott was playing at centre-half for Manchester City in a makeshift, shambolic team that we threw together and, and, and she did a great job. But, it, you know, with Alex Green was sort of basically guiding around the pitch. That was a year ago. A year on, we've got a very good side and a, and a bench now of full internationals. Everybody on the bench, apart from one player, was a full international. So Gareth's got to move, the, rotate the team around. And I think it's good for the team, particularly as we're now in a sort of period of transition, to see who sits where, who's going to do you know, the job going over the next couple of seasons. And I think that is tricky for him. But actually, wouldn't you rather have that position 
Then last year, having to play Jill Scott at, at centre-half, George Stanway having the reserve goalkeeper um, jersey in the bag. You know, that's where we were a year ago. A year on, very different picture. He's, he's right. <laughs> you know, if you look mm-hmm. back to, you know, 12 months ago and where we're at, we're really thin on the ground. Uh, we're having to utilise players in and out of positions and asking a lot of the team. Do you feel that we've been progressive in the last 12 months now? Oh yeah, I do, and I, I said we said on earlier podcasts this season we talked about the recruitment over the summer, and I think it was very good. Uh, Paul mentioned earlier Mary Fowler came on in that Reading game, and I thought she looked excellent. And we haven't seen full; we've only seen glimpses of Mary so far. Uh, but what I've seen, I've been really impressed. The same with Dana; I thought she had another great game at Reading. So the new players, the, rec- the players we recruited over the summer, are all integral to the plan, and it is about rotation. The modern game is. You're not dropping players, you know, you're rotating, you're keeping them fresh, you're keeping them hungry. The goalkeeper is a hard, the hardest position to do it in because obviously only one of them can ever play, you know, and it takes an injury sometimes for one to come off the bench or something like that. That is a harder position to keep everybody happy in. It just, just traditionally it is. The others, I think Demi Stokes needed a game. She got a game. Um, now, coming up, we've got a couple of important WSL games report before the derby at the Etihad, obviously, which speaks for itself. We want to keep the momentum going, but we've also got a couple of Conti Cup games as well. So there's a potential now that we will see a, a high rotation of these players again in between all these games. Um, and that's great because it's it's an option for the manager. It keeps everybody fresh, everybody happy. Emma Hayes is a master of it at Chelsea. She keeps people on the bench and you oh, she on the bench? But she keeps them all happy. They want to play for her. And that's the trick. And I think in the modern game, it's massive. The only thing I would say is, Sometimes all these international breaks throw a spanner in your momentum as a team. You know, you're just getting going and there's another international break. You get two weeks off. You want to keep it going. You want to keep the momentum going. You want to keep playing. Um, but, but I think we're managing it quite well so far this season. Hopefully, we surely can't get the injuries we got last season. So it all bodes well. And this team is so, it's so exciting to watch for me. I'm really, really optimistic about this team, not only for this season, but going forward. You know, so I'm happy. It's, it's obviously worth mentioning as well, Gareth Taylor shortlisted amongst the uh, managers of the month. He didn't win, but it was nice to see him amongst the shortlist. Yeah, I think he deserved the nomination. I think, uh, you know, we've been excellent, except for the first game at Aston Villa, where, you know, we could have still won that game, let's be fair about it, but we didn't play very well. Um, since then, I think we've played excellent. I think the tactics have been spot on. I think his choice and his rotations have been spot on. So from his point of view, I think he's doing a great job. I, I, I like I say, I love watching this team play. I, I, mean, I, 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 nearly, I nearly fainted when I saw he was on the list. <laughs> it was astonishing because you think he was the world's worst coach. You listen to some of our fans and you listen to other fans around the league. You know, he, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's an experienced coach. You know, he, he was at the academy at City, which is, you know, no mean feat. He was headhunted to do this job. And as Dave Ranty says, you know, he's done last season, he did the best he could with, with the chaos that he had to deal with. He's gone out and bought the players he wanted to buy. He shifted some players that potentially either wanted to go or he wanted them out. It seems to be a much happier ship at the moment in terms of the way the team interacts with each other and the, and, the, and the sort of atmosphere in the camp. And I think, you know, he deserves it. You know, as I said before, 12 out of 14 WSL wins, four consecutive wins, that's form. And that's enough form to get you a nomination. Um, it, it was a shame he didn't win it, but the fact that he was nominated was in itself a minor miracle. 
Um, and we should, you know, I think the fans are now understanding that this guy knows what he's doing. He's now got a dressing room that that is is is, is seems a lot happier. In he, he had now has he's got a settled coaching staff and he's got a settled squad that he can shape into what he wants to do as as a coach. So it was a well deserved nomination, and you know, let's hope that you know the, the small minority of City fans are still mourning about the coach. We'll 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 actually watch watch what's happening because as Dave says. There's some very exciting, interesting things happening on the pitch, if you care to have a look. We return to action at the weekend against Everton. We've got a, a big run of games now up to Christmas, sorry. Everton away at, is it Walton Park Hall? Oh. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a game we should be looking to win. Uh, it's always a little bit difficult. You know, Everton are a, are a good side. You know, they've had some, some excellent moments themselves this season and you know, there's been a lot going on in and around the club. Familiar face, obviously, Jess Park on loan there at the moment. He's obviously heading into this one off of an excellent international break as well. Let's talk about Jess Park because obviously she's on loan and she's a player that, you know, we're probably a little bit perplexed about the move and, and obviously with everything going on at the club in the summer that, you know, potentially you felt that Jess Park would have been one of the players that we probably looked to 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 have a little bit of stability within the squad, Dave? Well, there's a lot of people said about, well, why did Jess go on loan, Jack? Why did Jess go on loan? But earlier I mentioned that Esmond went on loan for a year at Everton and she came back. It did her the world of good. You could see the improvement that a year playing every week in the WSL had done for her at that stage of her career. You could see it, could literally see the improvement. And Everton are a good side to go to to do that with as well because, as you said, Emma, they're a good team. So why it was Everton speaks for itself because obviously you know um it's a good place to go and, and and they do things the right way now jess people said well why is jess gone where she could be here well you know you've got to look at it that she's got people ahead of her people are clamoring why doesn't Haley start you know you've got chloe and lauren starting say as your first two wide players and people say well Haley russell should start and you know so and so should start so they can't all start every game you can't and you, you Jessie's at that stage, I think, where Esme was at, where she does need to play. It's going to do the world a good to play every week. Um, and so Everton could offer her that. And I think, hopefully, for, from City's point of view, at the end of the loan deal, it will it will will benefit from that. Uh, rather than having her sat on our bench and coming off and, and doing 20 minutes every week, playing every week at Everton, I think, will do, will do her as a player more good, which in the long term does us as a club better just as it did with Esme. So we reap the, the rewards at the end of it. So I'm quite happy that she's gone there. I hope she has a great season. She had a great season so far. I'm not sure she can play on Saturday. Is it the same as in the men's game? Because she's on loan from us. Mm. So she can't play against the parent club, mm. um, which obviously is it. that's a, another bonus for us. But um, the performance she put in, for instance, against Liverpool in the game they played at Anfield was outstanding. Um, it didn't surprise me when she came on and scored for England the other night because obviously she's on such a such a high at the moment and playing so well. So, yeah, I'm really pleased. <laughs> on the back of the net. Uh, unbelievable. And I think, you know, <laughs> yeah. they're the moments that, you know, she deserves. She's worked hard for. She's been very patient. Her, her moments can come. And, you know, at that senior level, she's, you know, she's played obviously at the unders and, and worked her way up through um, the ranks in terms of her growth and development. And, nice. yeah, she's been handed her opportunity and she's took it. I couldn't agree more with Dave. You know, the, the fact is that she wouldn't get game time. Everton are very thin on the ground squad-wise. Their squad's very thin. 
because she's going to get game time. She's going to get in that team every week and she's going to develop. And there's, there's something to be said for playing in a team that's struggling a bit at times because you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about your technique. You learn a lot about having to dig in sometimes when you're not playing with the, the greatest players in the world, um, you know, top quality players every week. You know, she, she will learn so much at Everton under a very good coach who will bring her on um, and, you know, the likelihood is that in the next season or two, Kemp and Kelly potentially will move on. They may go, you know, into Europe. So her time will come. And don't forget, we signed Lauren, um, sorry, Jess Park on a very long contract by WSL standards. She is definitely seen, and she's a City fan as well, she's definitely seen as the future. So she will have sat down with the coach. He will have said, look, this is the plan. You go out and get that experience like Esme did. Um, come back to us in a year t- year's time, you'll be then battle-hardened and ready to challenge the other top-flight wide players for a starting position. You're not quite there yet, but given another season, you know, you'll give me a, a selection headache. So it's a brilliant move for her, and as Dave says, a brilliant move for us, and she'll come back a better player. Absolutely no doubt about that. I just want to apologise because my mother-in-law's dog is going crazy and you probably bloody hear it on the on the audio. She is doing my nothing and I can't wait for us to go home. <laughs> um yeah, I mean I'm I'm I am genuinely looking forward to, to the game on Saturday. Um it's great to obviously have the team back in action and, and I think Everton poses a bit a bit of a tough test, but I, I, I definitely feel that we can go there and get the result. One player obviously who's in on form at the moment and and again uh we've been rewarded for her efforts and named player of the month for october is bunny shaw i know we spoke about her at length in recent podcasts but but once again i mean she's one of those players that you know you can expect to produce in in these sort of games without a doubt if we keep if we keep uh providing her with the service that she she needs to put the ball in the net she's going to carry on putting the ball in the net which is what she's there to do um, she's even scored for Jamaica over the international break. So she's she's just in bang on form. Uh, the goal at Reading, perfect example of the sort of ball she likes into the box. There isn't many defenders can handle with her, handle her at all in the air. She's such a powerful player. Uh, her positional sense is is fantastic, and she seems to be thriving this season. With with Ellen White retiring, we were a little bit worried, but she's come on, stepped up now. She's the number one striker at the club. Uh, and she it seems to be, you know, just suit her down to the ground. She's been thriving. And all the others need to do is just keep providing her with the ammunition. That's all they need to worry about. Getting the ball to Bunny where she likes it, where she wants it, where she's dangerous, in the box. And she'll put it in the net. Well, I hope to see more of it over the next coming games. I mean, to, to paraphrase a, a, a city legend, feed the ball, feed the Bunny and she will score. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and the thing is, when you look at players like Bunny, and, and and there's a there's a good sort of parallel with Haaland over the road uh, at the Etihad. You know they might not do a lot for quite a lot of the game, and then suddenly they'll be in the right place, right time, and they'll bang it in. And that's what great strikers do. I think Bunny's like Haaland's got a lot more to a game than than people think. Got good feet. She's a good passer of the ball. She's not just a big battering ram. You know she knows how to, and and she, her positioning and her movement in the box is fantastic. And as Dave says, she's, she's dynamite in the air. So, you know, you would expect her to keep scoring, given that Chloe Kelly's on one side and Lauren Hemp's on the other. 
and and we're starting to see the midfield starting to push really clever balls through. He'll just keep scoring this season. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing her in the derby particularly because I think she'll give their defence nightmares. Uh, and I think she'll give Everton's defence some nightmares at the weekend because they're, they're a team that need more more personnel. They're so thin on the ground over there. Um, you know, that they're struggling to, you know, to contain the top teams like us. Um, and I think, you know, although I think Everton and that, that ground's not the ideal ground to be playing in, I think we would fancy ourselves to, to win that game. So what are you expecting heading into, obviously, this game on Saturday, Dave? Are you, are you expecting, obviously, we're not too sure about injuries, but, you know, everyone seems to be, we've not heard anything during the international break that suggests that we could be a bit fun on the ground for this one. It's looking that everyone will be back and available. Gareth has yet to do his, his press conference. That'll be on Friday. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to presume that we're going to put out a, a relatively strong side for this one. And we'll probably see the likes of, of Chloe and Hempo back up front supporting uh, Bunny. I think, yeah, I think you're right there. I think what Gareth will do is take stock as everyone comes back from internationals. Some of them playing, we, we record, as we record this, some of them last round of internationals now this week, tonight. They'll get them back later this week. It's not ideal, but he'll just make sure, see if anyone's got any knocks, any injuries, anything slight knocks, things like that. And then obviously, probably have a good training session, if not Thursday, certainly Friday morning. Have a look at who's who's firing and what have you. And I think we've got Everton away, and we've got Conte Cup game against Sunderland, and then Brighton at home. Those are the three games before the derby. You know, we want to keep that momentum going. So I think we'll see rotation, but I think you're all right, Emma. I think we'll... if. Barring any injuries that we've not heard about, I think we'll go strong on strong as possible on Saturday because Everton away, you know, is it, it's a tough game. We need to go there and we need to play well. Uh, so I think we'll see the strong side. Um, there might be a couple of uh, changes from what we saw at Reading, possibly. And then we might see a bigger rotation for that Sunderland Cup game the following week. Um, that, that's my, my theory on that. But I don't think it weakens the team. I mean, we saw against Blackburn in, in the Conte Cup, he can rotate the players. Players who need games can come in and have a great game. And we, you know, and the youngsters came in and did well that day as well. So he's got such a, a lot of options available. I expect him to go quite strong at Everton. Yeah, I certainly do. Can we just talk about a, a player that I kind of do feel has gone under the radar a little bit and has contributed a fair bit this season is Laura Coombe. You know, she's played a lot of minutes, particularly in the league, and she's, you know, she's in amongst the goals, in amongst the assists, you know, and she and she's playing really well. I think this season. I, I think she's in. I think she's playing in England form. I really do. I'm not. I'm not overhyping it. I think. I think she's playing good enough to be in the England team. That's where I think she starts. She's definitely come on this season. I don't know what it is. I don't know whether she's getting more game time and we're seeing more of her. But she, you know, four assists this season already. You know, very solid player. You know, but, you know, she's like an extra signing for us in a lot of ways because she's she's really come on as a as a player. She, she's doing so much of the unsung hero stuff that you, you don't often see uh, in a team unless you're paying attention. And she's doing all that work. And I think she, I think she's she's really, really cemented her place in that team at the moment. You know, it's hard to see who, who would replace her. Gareth obviously rates her highly because it's she's almost like the first name on his team. She every week. And rightly so, Paul says, well, Paul says she deserves to be in the team. She's played well. Now, I think you could argue she's, Gone into the team. Now, she's not a replacement for Kayla Walsh. First of all, no one can replace Kayla Walsh with what she does, because in my opinion, Kayla Walsh is the best in the world at what she does. But she's gone into the team almost in, the, not in the same role, but in that position. 
Uh, that's what's opened up for her. Kira Leaving's opened up a midfield position that she stepped into. Now, you know, a lot of people might not, because she was already at the club, a lot of people might not have seen her as a, as a direct replacement. And like I say, it's not like for like in terms of a football. It's, it's, not, it's not the same sort of, she's not the same sort of player at all. But she certainly stepped into that midfield and has done a lot, as you say, Emma, of the unsung work, the hard work that midfielders have to get through, especially for um, quality players around them to shine. They need the ball winning and giving to them and, and let them go with the ball. Every team has those, those I don't like the term workhorses because that makes it sound like they haven't got any quality about them and they have. But uh, uh, Laura's got that and she's formed a really good uh, little partnership in that middle there. There's her and since Yui's coming to the side, she's she seems to like playing alongside her and Dana and what Laura does is, you know, she's she's in that midfield there. And then you've got Dana almost in a number 10 role at Reading. And it seemed to work really well. So the balance just seems to be right. And I think Gareth's really happy with his midfield at the moment. It's great to see. I'm yeah. hoping Dana will bang a goal in from the halfway line in this game. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, as, she, as she did in the Scotland game. Um, and she's got form for it. This is a second uh, halfway line goal. So I'm hoping she'll uh, she'll not want in from there, from there at, at Walton Park. Uh, and we can... Uh, Sort of relaxed a bit. Yeah. yeah, if anyone's not seen that goal, it is up on the OSC Twitter. Just have a look at the goal she scored for her country against Scotland. It's a cracker, literally from inside the centre circle. People would be fuming. I'd <laughs> 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 oh, be fuming with that. I mean, she was so far off her line, but obviously to see envision that and just think, now I'm going to have a go at this. I love that the tenacity of some players, the confidence, you know, comes through, gets the goal. It's it's great to see. Yeah. Like Paul said before as well, I just think this team's playing with a, a freedom and a happiness as well. There seems to be like a there's like a spirit in the team. You can see it when they score, you can see it when they're warming up. They just they just look balanced at the moment. It looks balanced, it looks happy. And you know, we might not challenge, let's be honest, we probably won't challenge for the title this season because the top two, you know, might have a little bit more it's the experience is what we're lacking, but we'll get that going forward. These players will get experience this season. You could argue this season's transitional. And as Paul said earlier, we're probably ahead of where they thought we might be. But I there's think, no reason why we can't. I think what Paul said about, you know, perhaps on reflection being that bit further ahead than what we perhaps expected, given the mm. start, given the changes. And, and obviously we've used that word transitional, you know, at the beginning of the season when, we, you know, we spoke about our ideals and our expectations, you know, looking ahead to the season and what, you know, as fans we expected. I think the fact that we've, We've got to this point, bridge that gap. We're working our way up the table, and we're in and around those positions of where you know we want to be is enough at the moment because you can see the progression and you can see the promise of what an exciting team we can potentially be. I mean, the reality is, as we said before, we lost three world class players in the summer, and England's top top goal scorer ever retired. So essentially, we lost we lost four world-class players in the close season. And whilst, as Dave rightly says, not, not the players that are coming are not necessarily like-for-like replacements, what, where we're at in terms of how we look as a team, having lost those great players, I think that, these, that the players have done a really good job of getting their act together and playing to a system that works for them. Now, we, we're, st- we're starting to see some, some really good potential from those players come in. I mean, some of those players are, are top quality anyway. Bunny Shaw's a top-class international striker already. So that's a light-for-light replacement. I think, you know, we, 
Laura Coombs, as we've mentioned, is starting to do some of the work that, Laura, that George Stanway was doing for us, you know, that hard, the hard yards, some of the stuff that Jill used to do for us. You know, the back four looks much more solid. We've got a, a good keeper, a bench that's full of internationals. So I think we're probably, in a way, the fact that we've still got a potential to be top three, and I think we, you know, we, we should be looking at the top three as a minimum um, and a cup. Um, I think we're in a good place, you know, and, and it does seem a happy ship. That does seem very obvious to most people. It just seems a lot happier for some reason. I think there's probably one or two reasons you could point to, but um, I think we're, it's, it just seems like a, a better environment for experimenting and, and, and perhaps some less egos involved. Obviously, looking ahead to Saturday then, a, cl- a classic Saturday 3pm kickoff. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, obviously, uh, a TV pick as well. I think it's on Sky Sports. So if you can't obviously get to the game, I mean, I know OSC they put some travel on, Dave. Yeah, we haven't got a coach going as ever. Uh, I think as, as we speak now, as we record this, there are limited seats left. So if anyone wants to get on, just get in touch with us. The usual place, or DM us on Twitter, or send us an email, and we'll. Uh, so yeah, obviously it's not too far. And as you say, I'm a very rare three o'clock on a Saturday. Very rare okay, uh, occurrence that. Uh, it's not it's not too far, so you won't be late back and all that. So it's a great opportunity to come to an away game if you've not tried one yet. And especially obviously with no men's football, you know, World Cup going on. Mm-hmm. You know, perhaps a, a good opportunity to, you know, for new fans to get along to the game that perhaps haven't been along yet and, you know, watch it, what will be a most definitely an entertaining game. There's a lot of social media chatter, people on Twitter particularly encouraging. Um fans of the men's game to you know use this international you know international long international break and the fact that a lot of us are not really that interested in the world cup this this time out for for a number of reasons and i have virtually zero interest in the world cup which is the first time in my lifetime that i've felt like that about the world cup i'm uncomfortable with what the, the regime in qatar i'm also uncomfortable with the season being trunk you know wrecked halfway through in this fashion so I think there's a lot of chatter and people saying, you know, if you want your football fix, you know, this all the lower leagues are playing, all the women teams are playing. Go and have a look. Go and have a look at the women's game. As we said time after time, if you come and see the women's game, it's a brilliant product. You know, we're going to be there's going to be two and a half thousand people in Liverpool on that ground, small ground, watching some of the best players in the world. You know, really good atmosphere, really welcoming, inclusive atmosphere. This is a golden opportunity for, for people who have perhaps not seen the game before uh, to come along. And, you know, it's it's just a cheap day out. It's fantastic quality football. You know, lovely uh, sets of fans who got, you know, who have a bit of fun, but, you know, don't abuse each other. It's just it's just a great opportunity, I think, over the next three or four weeks to, to sample something. And, and I think the Etihad will probably sell out for the Derby. And that's another massive showcase for us as well um, to, to sort of say, look, you know, we can get forty odd thousand on um, to watch a, a women's game, and, and let's hope it continues. I, I don't think there's anything else to add to that. If you can get to the game, obviously get in touch with the OSC, go along, and enjoy some football. Why not? Yeah, all welcome. The more the merrier. And we've got home games before the derby at the academy. Also during this men's World Cup, obviously we've got Sunderland in the County Cup, and we've got Brighton. I think they're both on Sundays, Sunday afternoons, two o'clock jobs. So. They're all easily so if you fancy coming along, get yourself along to the Academy Stadium and come and see the women for the first time, maybe. 
Then you've got the derby at the Etihad, which speaks for itself as Paul says. I think that hopefully will sell out. That speaks for itself and takes care of itself. And it's, it is an opportunity to to take centre stage with people who don't maybe usually come or have never come to a women's game. I'm often selling it to people and say, give it a go, just, just try it. Well, now's your chance. Definitely. Boxing day. <laughs> Boxing, I can't even, I still can't get that into my head. The, the, the men's football, the Premier League, was uh, it resumes yeah. Boxing Day. I mean, I look yeah. forward to That's it. True. Like you, Paul. It's I, actually I, later for City. It's the 28th, the next league game for City. I think they've got a Carabao Cup against Liverpool before Christmas, but league game. Um, twenty eight. It's it, as Paul says. It's it's an uncomfortable situation, really, to stop the to stop the whole season for it. A lot of people resonate, I think, with what Paul said. It is just very uncomfortable. Um, go, go, go into a country where it, you know it's not a popular sport, so we're not growing the game. A country where it's difficult for women and young girls to play the game. A country which has an appalling record on LGBTQ plus. Uh, right. Um, what on earth are they going to do with the stadiums afterwards? Because there's not—I don't think there's a league in Qatar, and and you know there's no there's no hinterland of of support in Qatar. Maybe they think they're going to, um, you know, create a league, but you know, so it's a waste of resources. You know, it's hugely expensive. It it just it just makes a mockery of of what the World Cup should be about. The World Cup should be going to either home hinterland of the game or somewhere where it's, there's a real chance of growing the game. You know, the same with someone like Australia, for instance, or New- Australia and New Zealand, where you might be able to grow the game a bit more. So it, 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 on every level, this World Cup is something that I just think I just really struggling to get any interest in. Um, and and I and I you know, and that's the first time in my lifetime as a football fan that I've not thought, thought great, it's the World Cup this summer. You know, and that World Cup this winter. I mean, it's just madness, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's it's so bizarre. Even when I see it advertised on telly, obviously it's it's starting next week. I just, just it's it's bizarre to me, very bizarre. Um, but it's bizarre. Definitely encourage anyone to utilize this opportunity to get along, even if it's not city, any women's game, your local team, uh, on any support, even non-league support, other teams, support other leagues. Just go and enjoy football because <laughs> it's a great opportunity to do so. Yes, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it really is. Yeah, you should give it a go. Right, thank you both for your time this evening. It's been wonderful to catch up as always, and hopefully we can uh, reconvene next week. <laughs> yep, hopefully we'll win in the bag. Thanks, Emma. Yeah, keep, let's keep the momentum going. Keep winning. Obviously, all eyes are on this derby coming up. But we've got we've got games before then that we need to keep winning. So they're just as important the games before the derby. So let's keep the momentum going, starting on Saturday, and we'll be all right. Definitely. We'll end it on that one. Cheers, Dave. Thanks, Paul. Speak to you soon. Cheers, Bye, Emma. Bye. And that's it for this week's episode. Hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks to Dave and to Paul for joining me. If you are travelling to Everton on Saturday, have a safe trip and enjoy the game. As we said in the podcast, it's been selected as a TV pick, so it will be available to watch live on Sky Sports. Kickoff is 3pm. We'll be back next Friday. Have a great week, everyone. Bye.